This is episode 18 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm pleased to be introducing you to Courtney Fry, a sweet friend and mama of two kids who has walked through some significant feeding challenges with her babies. She's come out on the other side with some perspective for other moms who may be going through tough seasons themselves. We talk about the helpless and desperate feeling of not being able to immediately resolve problems that come up with a child's health and the ways Courtney has bonded with her son through the challenges they've faced together. This show is supported by One Day's Wages, a grassroots movement of people, stories, and actions intended to alleviate extreme global poverty. This organization is captivated by the idea that everyday people have the power to change the world. By raising awareness and inspiring people to give simply, One Day's Wages has supplied nearly 3,000 mothers with better maternal health care, 2,500 children with access to pediatric care, and they are working worldwide to empower under-resourced families and communities. You can join their movement by making a donation or starting your own fundraiser to help fight poverty. Learn more at onedayswages.org. Hi there, Courtney. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? (laughs) I'm great as well. It's really nice to have you on today. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, So we were going to talk about something that you experienced with your second little one that you had. um, And I would love for you to begin by introducing yourself and your family, and then we can launch into that story. Yes. So my name is Courtney Fry, and I am married to Jared Fry. And he is an agronomist, and um, I am an opera singer, as well as a teacher, voice instructor. And we have two little ones. I have a four-year-old daughter, Ellery, and a one-and-a-half-year-old son, Waylon. And life is very full and wonderful. And we just moved, actually, to Illinois. So that's a big uh, thing for our family. We, were, we lived in Massachusetts previously. So Awesome. Well, I know it's been a big time of transition for you guys. And I am really looking forward to having you share some of your story because I know that other mamas who maybe have been through something similar will resonate. So if you could tell us a little bit about Waylon and when he arrived, how that was a different experience maybe from welcoming your daughter. Yes. So if, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to go a little bit before that, just to Ellery for just a minute, because she, I really do feel like it started with her. So both, unfortunately, both my babies were, um, hard babies mm-hmm. and she, um, when she was born, I, I tried uh, breastfeeding and we had to supplement um, from, from like day, you know, three or five pretty early on with Mm -hmm. formula. And, um, it was a real struggle for the first three months of her life. Um, and eventually, uh, she just got to a point where she wasn't gaining weight. She wasn't sleeping. Um, I was just, of course, really worried about her and we made the decision to switch over to a hypoallergenic formula and stop breastfeeding altogether. And she did a complete 180 degree turnaround and she was a whole different baby after that. Um, so I was 
of course, very thankful that we found that with her. Um, and then when Waylon was born, he, I had a similar kind of deal with him where I tried to breastfeed in the beginning. I ended up going to formula sooner, um, straight on to formula. Um, and I kind of always thought it was a supply issue, but now looking back on it, I think it may have been more allergy and food intolerance related. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he, um, let's see here, but with him, when we switched to the hypoallergenic formula, it wasn't kind of the end all be all. He continued to have, um, reflux, um, issues and it was silent reflux with him. So every once in a while he would, um, spit up, you know, an entire bottle or something, but normally he actually didn't spit up a whole lot. It was just all that kind of, um, grunting and groaning and not sleeping well and colicky behavior and, you know, constant drooling and hands in his mouth and kind of all that kind of stuff. So he, um, so we struggled, we went through about half a different, half a dozen different kinds of formulas. Um, we tried, um, acid reflux medication, several different kinds of medications. Um, and he had bad reactions to a lot of them. I saw a naturopath for him and, um, kind of got him on probiotics, which helped and all of that. Um, but it wasn't kind of the end all be all, you know, um, and the naturopath, she recommended that we wait later to introduce food to him because of how just troublesome his tummy was. And so we waited until about eight months and then I started food with him and that kind of brought on a whole nother slew of, he had some, he was okay with some foods and other foods he would have bad reactions to and would get really fussy and wouldn't sleep. And, um, so it was really hard. We, we ended up going to see a chiropractor with him and that also helped. But then it was after that, I tried cutting back Zantac. He was on Zantac and I tried cutting that back and he did okay with that. But then he started developing asthma, um, after about a year old and I was introducing kind of bananas and oatmeal and, um, dairy to him. And then his asthma just got so bad that he was, um, once again, not sleeping and coughing all the time. And so I cut all that out and it was, it was really, uh, to be honest, it was like so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that, um, has reflux babies, um, I feel like, uh, anytime you talk to them, they're just like, oh, I am so, so, so sorry. <laughs> Cause it's just one of those things that is so, there are so many different kinds of things that can affect that, that can cause it. And it really is, um, a troubleshooting nightmare. And I was, uh, I can't even remember how much sleep I lost from him just from being anxious about it and worrying about him and trying to figure, you know, everything out and, Man, even to this day, I get choked up when I talk about it, you know. Um, So uh, I really did have, um, there were definite ups and downs in it all. You know, there were times that I would think he's doing really well and then he would kind of roller coaster back down again. And I remember I was driving, I was teaching yeah, a couple of days a week at the time as well. And I remember driving home from teaching one night after kind of the whole asthma thing came around and I had to stop all the foods that we were trying with him. Yeah. And at this point he was only eating like carrots and apples and formula. And that was like it, you know, and he was like a year old and I was like, Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is not okay. <laughs> um, and I remember I just kept 
I said a prayer on the way home. I was in tears and I was bawling my eyes out. And I just said, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? Like, I'm trying to learn what you want me to learn. I know there's something in here that you're trying to teach me through this, you know? Um, And just because it wasn't going away, everybody says that they'll grow out of reflux, you know, and usually by a year they do. And it wasn't, it was, I was continuing to have up his medication. And, um, so I was just at a point that I was so, um, desperate, you know, and, um, and kind of my whole relationship with the Lord through all of that was, it was hard because it was a hard time, you know? Um, but I, he really answered my prayer at the end of kind of that on the, that night, which I can, you know, tell you about in a minute. Yes, for sure. So one thing I wanted to just acknowledge about this is there is the whole medical side of what you experience with him and his very real needs to be seen by these different practitioners and all of the troubleshooting that you did just to meet his needs for nutrition and the things that needed to be attended to in real time for his care. And then there's the other side of things, which is a little bit more what I wanted to talk with you about today is um, the experience for you as a mama, as you are trying to nurture and and provide for and um, grow your child, that there's so many things that go on within us as we seek to tend to our children's needs. And I just would love for you to talk um, a little bit about the the experience for you, which I, I know this is a tender topic um, for you. And so I just really appreciate you sharing vulnerably. I think that it's common for a lot of mothers, whether or not it's this specific medical issue, hmm. but is in general, um, as mamas, we want to care for our kids. And so can you tell us a little bit about that space for you in your anxiousness and in your desire to figure out whatever you had to do to feed him and to give him the rest that he needed, what that experience was like for you more in a emotional sense? I think spiritually, it brings you to kind of a breaking point and a point where, I mean, I was literally on my face on the ground several times I remember through this whole experience and just like sobbing and feeling like, Lord, like, you know, why? Not really why, because I don't, I don't really like asking that question (laughs) (laughs) because sometimes he reveals the why to us and sometimes he doesn't. And I'm okay with that. I think the hardest part for me was the sleep deprivation, um, which (laughs) I know all of us moms are like, yeah, that's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It just makes you go crazy. Um, And was that kind of that combination of sleep deprivation and knowing that something was wrong with my child, but not being able to figure it out or do anything at the moment that emotionally um, I was so vulnerable. I would say it brought me to a place of being so soft that I was like, I would walk around the grocery store and just like almost in tears looking at everybody and being like, Oh my goodness, I'm such a mess. And there's gotta be so other people are such a mess and we're all such a mess. And it's just (laughs) like, like it brought me to such a place of such humility. I am, I think I'm a really strong person. I have kind of that like go getter, you know, personality and very upbeat and I can do anything and nothing can stop me, you know, type the feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm my goodness, motherhood. And when you're, you know, have, you know, stuff that's going on with your kids that you can't figure out, boy, does that bring you to a place of complete humility and, 
just brokenness and realizing that you don't have all the answers and that all you can do is sometimes just get on your knees and, and pray and cling. That's all I could do was cling to him, you know? So, I mean, it brought me really close with the Lord, obviously, but it, but it wasn't like I felt like, Ooh, I'm, I'm so close with you right now. It was more of like, let me just lay like at your feet. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's all I can do. And I like moaning and groanings. That was like it, you know, <laughs> tell us more about that experience that you said, uh, you were starting the story and then I interrupted you with my question. Sorry. That's all um, right. Yeah. Tell us more about the story of when you prayed about the situation. I am so thankful that, um, for, his provision, God's provision, and um, that when we ask, um, it may take some time for him to respond, but he does. And I remember that night I got home and I was frantically on the computer trying to figure out with Waylon's symptoms, what was going on with him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had a pediatrician that was supportive, but he didn't know a lot about reflux. And I had gone to a GI doctor and they were not helpful, unfortunately. So it was a lot of me trying to figure it out. And I just started coming across more and more leaky gut stuff. And that started linking me this website, the paleomom.com. And I'm not trying to promote her in any way, shape or form, but she just, um, I kept on coming across her website. Her name's Sarah. All of a sudden I was just like, oh my goodness, this is my child. (laughs) Like, oh man. And for the first time, I really felt confident that I had somewhat of an idea of what he was going through, that it was gut related. And I actually ended up taking on kind of a, it's a diet for um, people with autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up doing that myself. A, a couple of days later, I decided that I was going to do it before I, you know, put my son on it. And so I, I did it myself and it just completely changed me and uh, made me feel a million times better. And then as far as Waylon goes, I implemented it with him and he um, has been doing great um, on with that diet. And I've been able to get him off the Zantac and I was able to get him off the formula mm-hmm. and it was just a game, huge game changer for us. So mm-hmm. that, that was really cool to actually see like, you know, my point of desperation and, and crying out to the Lord and saying, what do you want me to learn? And mm-hmm. it, it, that night him being like here <laughs> yeah, and like, <laughs> and actually what's really interesting, Emily is I never would have found this for myself and found healing for myself through, you know, the food that I eat if I hadn't had gone this through this with Waylon. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, Lord, like you work in the craziest ways, (laughs) you know? And I come to, I mean, I have, my mom has Parkinson's disease. My, my grandfather had Alzheimer's. My dad's father has had Parkinson's. So actually they're leaking that to autoimmune disease now. And so this is actually, it, it was huge for me. It was like the Lord was trying to show me, you know, for my own health and taking care of myself, um, the, you know, led me to this. So I'm really grateful for that. Thank you for sharing that. I would love to also talk a little bit about your relationship with Waylon through all of these trials and struggles and how that has shaped the way that you mother him and the connection you have to him. Yeah, we are a 
Oh man, our connection. Oh, there's nothing like a mother-son connection, is there? <laughs> um, I absolutely love my daughter. Ellie and, Ellery and I are super close. We're very, um, a, a lot alike uh, in personality. But Waylon, there's something so special going through this together just has brought us really close. Um, he's my little man and he actually, he is the one that has really softened me. Um, Ellery did a little bit, but he has really softened it. And, um, just through all of this struggle, you just cling to each other. So he and I were just super close. He is, he's kind of a mama's boy, which is okay. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Um, he just loves his mama. He's super cuddly and, oh, he's so sweet and gives me kisses. And that, like that part of it, I'm really grateful that I don't think we could have become this close without going through that. And, you know, I'm really grateful for that. Well, having been through all of these different challenges, um, if you were sitting across from another mama, maybe over coffee, who is at the very beginning uh, of motherhood and running into not just reflux, but any kind of challenge like this, where she doesn't know exactly what her child needs, Mm. what kind of encouragement would you give to her in her process of trying to sort through how to bring herself to that challenge with courage? Yes, I would say first and foremost, if you have a relationship with the Lord, go to the Lord with it. I think that is number one. I'm trying to remember the passage. You can probably remember it for me. Is it Philippians that says Thanksgiving and with prayer and supplication, come to the Lord, you know, um, with your prayers through Thanksgiving. And that has really become so true, especially in this experience for me that the Lord does hear our prayers and he is right there for us. And that's first and foremost is to go to him with with whatever you're facing. I would say, trust yourself. I know people say this all the time that, you know, your child better than anybody else. You will hear seasoned mothers tell you that. And it is so true. You're with them the most, you know, all of their ins and outs. You've been with them from day one. It's so hard to do, but to trust yourself, trust your instincts, trust what your gut is telling you. Um, I can't tell you how many times, even my husband was like, Oh no, da, 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 da. And he, he was totally clueless, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all with love, Jared. I like, oh, no, I love him to death. Don't get me wrong, but I am like, honey, you know, how can you not see this? You know? Yeah. Um, so I would say, say, you know, trust yourself. Another thing I would say is don't be afraid to switch doctors, to ask questions, to do your research, ask I mean, talk to other moms, get on and nowadays on Facebook and, you know, all of these things, there are groups that you can get on. There's like a reflex, you know, uh, Facebook group that you can get on and post questions. And I mean, we have, it's, it's a curse, a blessing and a curse, um, technology, but be open to what people have to tell you. And yeah, and really realize that you are a child of God, that Christ lives in you. You have his strength and his wisdom and that you can, um, that he will guide you and you can really lean on that. When you mentioned trusting their own intuition, I feel really passionate about this when I have other mamas in my circles who want to just talk about troubleshooting the early years and Mm. kind of finding your footing as a mom when you step into this role 
none of us know what we're doing. And it's really easy to get discouraged about looking at moms that might be a couple steps ahead of us and thinking, oh, they're so with it and I am floundering here. But I do think that for every new mama, part of the learning curve is sharpening our understanding of the intuition that is within us and Mm. that the process of learning how to read your baby's cues and in our attentive care of them that there is no one else who could possibly know them better than we do. Doctors are trained and they know what they're doing with respect to the diseases that they're treating and the conditions that they're seeing every day in their offices, but they don't know your child the way you know your child. And so I I just like to encourage mamas to really advocate for their kids because it's not really usually um, that doctors are unfeeling or uncaring about whatever your situation is, it's just, there is a lot we have to communicate on behalf of our children of what we see. And um, I think really good doctors, especially will hear mamas and be able to work together with them and not just, it's never a case of like, I bring my kid into the doctor and they fix it. Absolutely. I bring my kid into the doctor and we together talk about what are some possibilities and what are some courses of action that we might take to help this child get from here to a healthier place. So. Absolutely. And I would say if you can find a doctor who's open to really searching for the cause of mm-hmm. the issues, then that's wonderful. Because a lot of times doctors, you know, they just want to prescribe something and that's fine. That can be very helpful as well. But I feel, you know, like if you're really searching for kind of the root of what is going on with your child yeah. Um, to, yeah, to really find somebody who can help you troubleshoot that, just like you said. Well, and I think especially for a condition like what your son was going through, that it wasn't something that you could just address the symptoms and then it was no longer an issue that there was a deep underlying issue that you had to keep searching for what is this and how do I understand what he's going through and how do I help him was about much more than just giving him some medication because you did that and that didn't actually resolve the whole problem so yep absolutely well I so appreciate you sharing uh, from your experience even though it was vulnerable and hard to maybe remember some of those tough months that you went through with him, but I just think um, it will be an encouragement to other moms who might be in that place of feeling really vulnerable and maybe feel inadequate at what they're doing, that as mamas, part of how we grow into motherhood and gain our confidence is by weathering these difficult stretches of not knowing what to do. And then we, we always figure it out somehow, you know, something happens in us as we stay um, invested in serving our children and loving them well and finding whatever we have to find out in order to meet their needs. Thank you for sharing from your experience. My pleasure. Thank you, Emily. Courtney talks about the struggle to sort out her son's needs, how it humbled her, drew her close to God, and how it brought out the raw emotions within her. Not everyone deals with these exact feeding issues, but in my experience, almost every mama I know does, at some point, encounter that same place of desperation. When a child's need surpasses our knowledge or ability, or when we are searching for an answer that continues to elude us, it is easy to lose heart and internalize the struggle as if we are failing at our jobs as mamas. You are not a failure. A few years ago, my daughter, the fifth born in our family, developed a head-to-toe rash that made her itchy and clearly uncomfortable. She wasn't quite two years old. At first, I wasn't too worried, even though it was out of the ordinary. 
The rash had appeared pretty much overnight. She had no other concerning symptoms, and I did take her into the pediatrician's office several times within a month. I slathered creams and lotions on her. I stopped bathing her with soap. We hadn't changed our laundry detergent or any other environmental factors that I could pinpoint. The doctor said it was a virus that would clear up within three months. The three-month mark came and went. The rash didn't let up. She wasn't particularly fussy about it, but she was constantly scratching, itching, scratching, itching. I sought out a dermatologist who prescribed some more lotions and creams that temporarily lessened the itch but didn't resolve it. I felt completely helpless. I couldn't fix it. I felt terrible that my little one was constantly uncomfortable and I couldn't figure out why. I can still see scars on her back where she would reach over her shoulders and scratch herself raw. It did eventually clear up, more than six months after it began. One thing I learned from that experience is that mamas are not made to fix everything. We can fix some things, but some things are beyond us. We can research, troubleshoot, and advocate for our babies and still come up short of a solution. We may not feel like we have all the answers, but we do have love that won't rest until our child gets what they need. Love is powerful. When you are present, when you are compassionate, when you persevere despite the hardship, sleeplessness, frustration, and stress, you are a heroic mama. In closing, I'd like to share a prayer offered by Lindsay Cornett. Lindsay writes a monthly newsletter with a friend called The Drafting Desk. In that newsletter, they explore ways that perfectionists can take hold of more freedom, joy, and grace. She prays, When parenting brings unforeseen challenges, may we rise to meet them with courage, strength, and compassion. May we view each of these struggles as an opportunity to grow closer to and more in love with our children.